Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. At this point, most shows are winding down. Roy is just getting started. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Something we're going to talk about in the second half hour of uh, this program is uh, what I've been reading in a story, a new story, by Ashley Robinson from the Regina Leader Post. And uh, as Robinson writes, in part, as Canadians prepare for a new era of legalized recreational marijuana use next summer, concern is growing about a little-known provision wrapped into the bill that would allow kids as young as 12 to legally possess pot. The professed goal of the federal liberals, Bill C-45, is to keep marijuana out of the hands of criminals and youth and to stop criminal records for possession of small amounts of marijuana from following people through their lives. Tucked into the bill among the pages of legislation is a clause stating youth ages 12 to 18 will be able to possess up to five grams of marijuana before facing criminal charges. Adults will be allowed to possess up to 30 grams Quote, the whole idea here is that for a person that's that young with a very small amount in their possession, they should not be subjected to a criminal prosecution and a criminal record, said Ralph Goodell. Mr. Goodell, you ever heard of the uh, Youth Offenders Act? You're going to charge a 12-year-old? I don't think the criminal record follows a young offender all their lives. Now, I could be wrong, but I don't think so. But more than, we'd be more than happy to speak with you about this. It's ridiculous. Twelve-year-olds. When Bob Ray was the premier of Ontario, it was okay for 12-year-old girls who were pregnant to not inform their parents if they were having an abortion. That was the law. And if a doctor was going to provide information to the parents about a 12-year-old girl having an abortion, then the 12-year-old girl had a right to a rights advisor who was paid by the province who would advise the 12-year-old girl how to best counter her parents. I wonder if these people stay up late at night thinking about these things. Have you heard about the dark web? Now, we've all heard the term, but have you heard about the dark web itself and how it operates and what goes on there? It's speculated that information from the data breach of Equifax, 134 million personal accounts affected, may be sold on the so-called dark web. And then there's also the deep web. Daniel Tobach is the CEO of Sci Intelligence in Toronto, and he's an international cyber intelligence expert 
And uh, we're glad that he's here to talk to us about about this dark web. Daniel, thank you very much for the uh, for for the time. I've al- I've always wanted to do this. I've wanted to do this interview for a long time. Talk about this dark web. What is it exactly? Good afternoon. Thanks for having me on, Roy. Uh, there's really two parts out there. There's the dark web, and then there's the deep web. In essence, this is part of the internet that is not indexed by search engines. So, for example, when you go to Google today or Yahoo or any other popular search engines and you search for something, millions and billions of results come. And that's because those particular websites are indexed. People want to be found. Mm -hmm. The difference with the dark web and the deep web is websites that you're not supposed to find just by searching for them. Uh, Usually you need special software and platform to actually reach them, special configurations such as stores and so on, VPNs, and it's only by invitation. So unless somebody wants you to see this information, and unless you're part of a particular group, you're not able to see this websites and the forums that are going on in the dark and the deep web. So you mentioned Tor, and I did a little reading on this, and I don't really know anything about it other than the name, but it, it was suggested in the piece that I read that you could download this Tor, which is, again, suggested to be a search engine, and that would allow you to work within the dark web. Is that incorrect? Absolutely. Tor basically is a, is a special search engine that keeps you anonymous, mm-hmm. uh, and it basically doesn't give any information about you. And again, unfortunately, you know, 85% of Tor is used by criminals. I mean, the dark and deep web, this is almost like a flea market for criminals. Uh, so when you're using Tor and you get into that, you can download things, you can look at things, and you're basically anonymous. So they encrypt your information, your personal information. That's correct. It, it, rather than encrypt, they basically don't keep. You're going through another tunnel. Uh, almost imagine a tunnel that does not record your speed limit. Okay. <laughs> There's nothing about you. And so what the majority of activity that takes place on the dark web or the deep web and or the deep web is, is criminal? Absolutely. I mean, you know, the unfortunate part, uh, this, is where, this is the criminal's uh, playground. It's not for the faint of heart, and I never recommend for anybody just to experiment with this. It is a dangerous zone. The moment you log on to the dark web, deep web, you're potentially a target. People, the criminals, want to know who you are, why you're there, What's your information? And for somebody that is not technical, they can basically breach your computer within about 18 to 26 minutes once you log into this because it's professional. There's things that monitor who and what user just access a particular website and form and so on. It's a pretty shady place. So a criminal activity is taking place and all of a sudden somebody who just wants to experiment a little bit and has heard about this is gets on the dark web and uh, these individuals who are conducting a criminal enterprise want to know who this person is whose identity they, they can't tell immediately so they go on and they find it and quickly. Absolutely. There, I mean, you have to understand you're dealing with professionals. Right. There. These are not kids. Uh, and I mean, sorry, when I mean kids, I mean, these, these are true professionals that, you know, when they see something suspicious, they literally can get access into your computer. They know what country you're in, you know, what computer you're using, your IP address, and they might even be able to breach your computer. Uh, we do experiments sometimes where we have a, a dummy computer where we enter it when we do education for, for clients. And, and again, this is where the statistics come from, about eight minutes on average, and they're into your computer, right? And they're asking, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> and you're oh, it, it's too late to to get out then i guess it's it's too late it's uh, you need to kind of close your computer up uh, reformat it and so on because 
they'll usually infect you very quickly. You know, everybody always hear about the dark web and deep web. And, you know, the best way to categorize it is, is a flea market for criminals. You can literally buy a missile. You can buy a tank. You can hire a hacker. You can even hire a hitman. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that's going on in the dark web. Drugs. Uh, it's, 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 it's a real playground for the criminals. And there's n- nothing has been done, nothing can be done by authorities to, you know, to, 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 well, to shut it down, I guess not. I, I, you see, you can't really shut it down. And it, so the way things work today, when there's criminal activity, and lo- the, the authorities, law enforcement, national security, they, they get alert from it, either by a complaint or part of their investigation units. So they go after it and they can find the origin, the identity of those people because they're in a way operating publicly on, on, you know, on, on the regular web and you can find somebody's identity through that. On the dark web, everything is anonymous. There is no names, there's nicknames, there is no addresses, there is no IP addresses that actually mean, mean anything. So when somebody logs onto the dark web to conduct a transaction, they're logging on through various you know, phantom servers and VPNs, virtual private networks, that completely mask their identity. The problem also with the dark and deep web is even if the authorities have understood that there is a criminal activity going on and they want to research into it and shut them down, but the time they get a court order to freeze, uh, to preserve information relating to the crime, those servers that actually were holding the cache, the history of that conversation, they go offline. Unlike the regular web where things are being retained today. That's really the big difference. So if I were a shady character and I were looking to buy something that is totally illegal, entirely impossible to, to purchase openly, I'd be on the dark web. Uh, someone might be aware of my history as a purchaser of, I don't know, missiles or tanks or uh, the, the items you mentioned. And so I would get invited to, uh, to get onto their site where they would conduct these sales and because they would recognize who I am because of their invitation to me, then, uh, then we would conduct business. You got it. It's almost, you know, like in the old days uh, when organized crime, when the mob uh, has, brings somebody in and somebody actually vouches for him, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it, it's the same way. Unless you get invited, you ain't coming in and nobody's going to talk to you. Uh, people also have, you know, Bitcoin accounts and serial numbers that they exchange as proof of their identity, so there's cold words and so on. You, can... you, see, you see, the unfortunate part with the dark and deep web, what we see today on Google, the billions of websites that are, that are, you know, the, are, are basically cataloged by Google is only about 14% of the actual Internet. That's a very scary fact. It is. Think about, think about all the things we can see and find yeah. out through public web. Uh, search engines, it's only 14% of the actual Internet. You know, I've, I've, I don't like the fact that uh, search engines kind of track your activities. So I use this uh, DuckDuckGo.com yep. because, because they don't. And, uh, <laughs> but but and you're laughing because other people have as well. Is, is, that, is that a myth or is that real? No, no, that is real. And the reason I'm laughing is I'm actually, I'm, I'm impressed, Roy. I'm impressed because uh, the average person doesn't know how to mask their IP address or their identity when they're surfing. Unfortunately, today, anytime you go on the Internet, doesn't matter if you're looking for a cookie, entertainment, a flight, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. your information is preserved somewhere that you search for this. 
right. and from this IP address. So the only way to, to keep yourself anonymous, not for illegal reasons, just because you don't want to disclose who you are every time you search for something, that is the right way to go, just like you mentioned. Yeah, so it's duckduckgo.com that, 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 that I use. Uh, also, I find that if I use some of the more common search engines, and I'm looking for a story or an incident that I'm interested in talking about on the air, I will often, it feels to me, Daniel, it feels like I'm getting a, uh, a massaged series of options. In other words, they're showing me what they want me to see, not what I want to see. Absolutely. I, uh, you know, we do this as education sometimes, again, for clients and so on. We'll go and search something, and it's magical. Over the next several days, our pop-up ads are coming up to that particular subject. Uh, you know, you want to look at flight, uh, flight tickets, you're looking at a car, you're looking at a cottage rental, it doesn't matter what you're looking for, all of a sudden pop-ups are tailored to your search criteria, and things that you will search for will come across faster because they know that you search for that. It's pretty scary, I have to tell you. Well, it is, and when you hear somebody like uh, uh, the CEO of Apple, or it was the CEO of, of Apple, who's, uh, Cook, who said that he covers his... Uh, the uh, the lens on the camera on his phone on his iPhone. Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I, I I always tell everyone, you know, a Mac app. You know, if it's an Apple computer or a PC, it's almost irrelevant today. Yeah. Uh, somebody can hijack your camera on your computer uh, and actually view. So again, if you're doing something inappropriate, cover your camera or keep it covered with like a, a little sticker, right? And, and so Not that on. anybody ever does anything inappropriate, but 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 if it's something you don't something you don't want. Seen, or I mean, or you can spread disinformation and just tell them a lie. And uh, I'm just being silly, but when uh, let, let me take a break, I want to come back and talk some more to you, Daniel, about about what goes on in the the dark web and the deep web, and uh, particularly since the story that I saw the other day suggests that the uh, information, not all 134 million, but information that was hacked about Equifax credit agency clients will show up there, will be on the dark web or the deep web, and people will buy your information. And then, and then you're in trouble. We'll come back. He weighs both sides of the story. And chooses what's right over what's wrong. More Roy Green on the Chorus Radio Network. You think it's a little scary when somebody reaches out to you from somewhere in the world and tells you that you have uh, just inherited $10 billion and you reply to that. And uh, it is scary because then they've got your some of your information. And if you continue to exchange information or provide them with passwords or other things they're looking for, then, uh, then you've compromised yourself completely. Now, when it comes to the dark web and the deep web, Daniel Tobak with the CEO of Scientelligence in Toronto. Uh, Daniel, is there, a, is there a, an appreciable or significant or defined difference between the dark web and the deep web? Uh, a, a bit. I mean, the dark web is, um, is what I call the first layer, where you need, again, the Tor tools, you need special applications in order to get in and view information. 
the deep web really goes in. Literally what it means, it's another layer uh, of data that you have to come through. You have to be vetted. You have to be invited. You have to play at a certain uh, level to actually be a part of it. So the average person uh, or, you know, parents probably listening to this now may have concerns that their kids are investigating and their kids may be trying uh, to get into the dark web or the deep web. For the average person, it's not going to be possible. It's not going to be possible. It's also not advised because, I mean, again, as, as the dark web, it's, it's literally, again, a playground for criminals mm-hmm. and uh, hackers, hitmen, drug lords, uh, child predators. I mean, this is uh, some pretty nasty stuff. Um, so it's not for the faint of heart. Not surprising then to you that the story suggests that uh, some, at least some of the information, the personal information hacked from Equifax, is going to find itself on the dark web and be auctioned there. Absolutely. Well, this is exactly where they sell it. And nine out of times today, when there is a breach, that confidential and private information is being uh, put up for sale on the dark and deep web for exactly that reason. Everybody are anonymous, and you're coming to the place where criminals want to play. This is where you're going to sell. It's basically the market. Well, I'm going to stick with my uh, mundane appearances on the, uh, on, the, <laughs> on the Internet and try to keep myself out of trouble. Thanks, Daniel. Always great talking to you. Appreciate the advice. My true pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Bye-bye. Daniel Tomark uh, from Scientelligence Incorporated in Toronto. Okay, so 1-800-263-2428 is my number. 800-263-2428. I want to talk to you about this. Uh, again, quoting from the uh, Regina Leader Post story from Ashley Robinson. As Canadians prepare for a new era of legalized recreational marijuana use next summer, concern is growing about a little-known provision wrapped into the bill that would allow kids as young as 12 to be able to legally possess pot. The professed goal of the federal liberals Bill C-45 is to keep marijuana out of the hands of criminals and youth and to stop criminal records for possession of small amounts of marijuana from following people through their lives. Tucked into the bill among the pages of legislation is a clause stating youth ages 12 to 18 will be able to possess up to 5 grams of marijuana before facing criminal charges. Adults will be allowed to possess up to 30 grams. The whole idea here is that for a person that's that young with a very small amount in their possession, they should not be subjected to a criminal prosecution and a criminal record, said Ralph Goodell, Federal Minister for Public Safety and Preparedness. According to Goodell, the legislation takes a different stance from the past as criminalization of marijuana has led to an illegal industry which makes it more of a risk to youth. The objectives are to better protect our kids, to keep the substance out of the hands of young people, and to stop the flow of cash to crime organizations. I don't know what the hell you're talking about, Minister. I have no idea what you're talking about. A 12-year-old is not going to have a criminal record that's going to trail them for life. You want the substance kept out of the hands of kids? Well, they can't go and buy it commercially. But it's okay for them to have up to 5 grams if they're 12 years of age. Please, somebody make sense of this to me. 1-800-263-2428. 1-800-263-2428. What do you think of the this bill allowing 12-year-olds to have marijuana without getting into trouble? 1-800-263-2428.